everyone and welcome again to another installment of Films on Trial, episode number 12. It, it, it's it. it, it we're doing it. <laughs> Stephen King's It. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. I'm Alex. And we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we are, Dave, you're really going to like this one, mate. We are the Review Badleys. Jesus. It's the Boo Radleys, by the way. I've ah, just okay. switched it over a little bit. That is that, come on, that's a good one. I, I got it. I understood it. Yeah. That has gone up significantly from whatever the hell it was last week. Elvis have Costellas. You, have you figured out, have you got a whole range of these ready for the, the upcoming podcast? Yes. How yes. many have uh, you got? Uh, I think I've got 14 left. Yeah, 14 left. Uh, so you've got to think about Elvis Costellus was was my number one, <laughs> and Review Badly's was number two. You don't want to know what number sixteen is at the end of it all because it's bad. So anyway, just to say, if you've never listened to the show before, we basically take a film and we put it on trial. There's also going to be a lot of news, trivia, banter, and some quizzes. Dave, <laughs> lovely stuff. But before we get on to the bulk of the show. We are going to discuss the news. <laughs> Did everybody hear that? That was yeah, eerie. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, so uh, you, you'll be glad to know that our production values have increased yet again. They have actually downloaded a xylophone app that allows me to play major and minor songs. So the world is literally my oyster. <laughs> So basically this part of the show, we go around and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So without further ado, can we start with Joel, please? Yep. So my news is that the Uncharted movie will be an origin story. So this is why they have cast Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Obviously, fans kind of pointed out that he was a little bit young, but basically they don't want to cover any of the material or any of the stories that they went over in the game. So it's going to be a completely fresh story. Uh, obviously Tom Holland's going to be Nathan Drake as I say I loved all the games um, they're pretty stylish and you know I'm quite interested with the with the movie so basically you've got a really great story really great script really engaging you've already got a fan, ba- fan base set up just ignore all of it and do a stab in the dark at a possible terrible origin story. Gav, Gav, come on. When has a video game adaptation ever been bad? <laughs> I was going to say, for Resident Evil, what's the problem? That's true. My word. I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. Are there any actual good movie, uh, video game to movie adaptations? I thought Silent Hill was wrong. okay. I quite enjoyed I enjoyed Tomb Raider. I'm going to put it out there. Oh. I enjoyed Tomb Raider. Yeah, oh, I did. Word. I did. Really? I'd watch that. Yeah. I, I stand by Silent Hill. I thought that was all right. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Bean was in that. Yeah. I, to be honest, I think we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready for another um, like action franchise. Like Indiana Jones has kind of died after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I, I, yeah, I'm quite ready for Uncharted to sort of take up its mantle. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Well, I wouldn't I, think I would be, but I am. I'm up for that. Well, they've also got a, the Lara Croft franchise coming out. You know, the new Tomb Raider series with Alicia, really? Alicia Vikander. Mm, so I'm actually that. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be better. Mm, or, or maybe I'm, I'm looking forward to it more because you're allowed. <laughs> because I like strong. I would have said you wouldn't characters. like it. <laughs> what like Lara Croft? <laughs> it's a strong well, female I, you know, character. I, but no, basically, I'm looking to see if they do a good take on it. I mean, I am very optimistic at the moment after watching Wonder Woman, which I really, really enjoyed. I think it was really well done as well. 
It was actually a superhero film. Didn't matter what gender the, the superhero was, it was just a superhero film, which is how it should be. It shouldn't be a case of, oh, I'm, I'm a superhero, but look at my arse, doesn't look great, sort of thing. Because you wouldn't get Batman doing that. Or, you know... Well, uh, Batman... Batman and Robin. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, there's, there are some films. Batman yeah. and Robin with the bat nipples. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I'll try and go one week without talking about sexism in Hollywood. <laughs> I will try my very best. Uh, but just moving on. Dave, what is your news topic of the week? Um, on quite a somber note, it always seems to be me that brings these up. It's like, Dave's three-weekly obituary, but it's... Um, <laughs> okay, moving on quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about quickly. Uh, Jerry Lewis has passed away. Uh, great shame he, he made it to a good age but yeah it's, uh, sorry to see him go he made some good films back in the day good director good writer often overlooked um, I didn't know he was a director he, he directed Nutty Professor for one oh. being one of his biggest oh. hits yeah. okay yeah um, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. The original Nutty Professor. Okay. Yeah, not, the, not the Eddie Murphy. Oh, one. thank God. Okay, yeah. No, that's Jerry, fine. Jerry yeah. Lewis. Good. Jerry Lewis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that Rex Harrison is the Nutty Professor? That's Dr. Doolittle. No, were, Jerry Lewis was the Nutty Professor and he directed ah, okay, the Nutty sorry. Professor. And I think I'm he wrote the Nutty Professor as well. Okay. Yeah, he, he did everything for the Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's got a lot to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something on Twitter before. Somebody took a screenshot of the Daily Mail headline. I know, it, I didn't want to look either, but it was quite funny. They'd done an obituary for Jerry Lewis and they just had loads of pictures of Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> it was just... And when I say funny, I mean, it's funny how inept the people of the Daily Mail actually are. But the- it, it was terrible. They're not the only ones. BBC News, I'm pretty sure, reported the death of Jerry Lee Lewis at one point. Uh, oh, and, and to be honest with you, even as I was making my notes about the news and what have you, I, would, I almost wrote Jerry Lee Lewis at one point. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry Lewis, the actor and comedian Dean Martin's right hand, has, has passed away. That, that's the news point. Sad, sad news. Uh, Alex, would you like to talk about your news topic of the week? Yeah, um, it was it was actually just something that I sort of just found on a, on an odd page on the internet about um, Alejandro Iñárritu. Is that how I said that? that Iñárritu. That yeah. right. You are the guy with the Spanish. I know, but it's just it's, it's a tricky name in Spanish to say, honestly. <laughs> um, so he's done a film. Have anyone anyone heard of Carne y Arena, which means flesh and sand? No. So it's a new film he's done. It's like this is what caught my attention. It's six and a half minutes long. You have to go and see it one at a time. Standing in Sand, this was during the Cannes Film Festival, and it was on a, using an Oculus Rift headset. So he'd created a film using Oculus Rift VR, and it was um, where you were basically taking the place of a group of immigrants uh, attempting to cross border, the border with uh, Border Patrol agents trying to stop you. Wow. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it was, at first I was like, oh, this looks really quite... That sounds interesting. A bit pretentious. Yeah, to be honest, at first it was like six and a half minutes... But then it's like, actually, yeah, no, that's, that's a good little foray, I think. I think he's taken a big step there. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it sounds really interesting as well. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those kind of immersive experiences, isn't it? I think the introduction of virtual reality, you know, Oculus Rift, mm. to films, you know, it's you know, kind of uncharted waters. I think it could if be. If horror films scare me now... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know. I know. They do actually have a, a zombie apocalypse one, I believe, a VR game. That one, I could handle. It's like, why would I want to be in this? It's like there's a shark cage one as well, where the shark yes. attacks the cage. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't want to put myself in that situation. I don't want to be there. There is all sorts out in the VR world that, yeah, 
yeah, it's almost like Strange Days has been realised. You know, Catherine Bigelow's film uh, refines. Nobody obviously knows him. It was where Fat Boy Slim sampled the line right here, right now. That's about the only yeah. trivia I know about that film. Uh, but yeah, it was it was all about VR. Obviously, you know. But, you know, I, I think he's taken. You know, I think that there is definitely. I think more directors are going to do that now. I think I, definitely. Do you reckon? Do you think? I well, it was like kind of what was it the nineteen sixties where they experimented with kind of that immersive experience in the cinema, and was it the Tarrant Inferno where they had uh, what was it the sort of the the seats that shook, so oh, it right, was almost yeah. like you were experiencing the oh, earthquake. earthquake. Yeah, oh, the earthquake. Uh, there it was we go. Earthquake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Tower and Inferno. Where's this going? They set fire. To the yeah, they set fire to this. <laughs> <laughs> but have you have you ever been in those like really rubbish like sixty experiences yeah, where they basically yeah, just actually. squirt water at your face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's one in Madame Two Swords, like an X Men Marvel hero as well. Yeah. Did, yeah. Oh yeah, I went to that, and there's a bit where Wolverine basically stabs you in the back, <laughs> and it is as 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 pointed as you as you think. Literally, you feel this big steel rod going right into your back. What is it? With pain? force, honestly. Really? Yeah, 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 it hurts. Really oh, wow. yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to move on to my topic of the week, which is to say that the Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, has just cast the rest of the band. Uh, so it's cast Ben Hardy as Roger Taylor. It's cast, um, who else is it cast? Um, Gwimlin Lee as Brian May. And it's cast Joe Mazzello as the other guy. <laughs> John, John Deacon everyone looked him but it was John Deacon John Deacon I know I know I know uh, basically the only one with any morals who stepped away when the time was right but uh, yeah very interested to see the film it has gone through some pre-production hell to be honest it was originally starring Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury and then he took a step away from the film because he wanted to kind of have it a more realistic more gritty sort of uh, take on Freddie Mercury's life but Brian May and Roger Taylor, who are acting as producers, they wanted to keep it more light. So then they cast Ben Whishaw instead, and he took a step away, and now they've cast Remy Malik. So I'm quite actually uh, interested to see that, because I would be... I, th- I think they do quite a good performance. Although it kind of leads you to believe, is he going to be doing the singing himself, or is it going to be mm. sort of dubbed over? It, it's a hard voice to replicate, isn't yeah. it? This is the, we mentioned him last week as well, I'm pretty sure, Rami Malik. He's getting around, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it'll be a very, a very interesting. As you said, it's a very, very, very unique voice. And obviously, I think one of the problems the Queen has had since Freddie Mercury's death is trying to recreate the Queen sound, and uh, you just can't do it. I mean, you can get something which is good. You can have, you know, Paul... Uh, Rogers on board. You can have a new sound to it, a new sort of feel, but you cannot recreate that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Where would you like the film to go? Would you like it to be like a sort of dark, gritty, or would you like it to keep light and you know bit the fun aspect of it? It depends. If it goes too fun, it's not going to be good. I, I mean, if it has a sort of like Full Monty, sort of Eddie the Eagle vibe to it, okay. two very different films there. <laughs> uh, but you know that might be good. But I think it, uh, what it might struggle with is I can see it turning into that sort of biopic that they made of Princess Diana Mm. you know that sort of thing where it's just they skirt away from the actual kind of tension and the troubles and you know the real depth of the character and it just ends up being bland yeah which yeah. you know, I, I think it, it's not going to go. It's a, hard, well. it's a really hard thing to do for biopics. I think it's a really yeah. hard line for them to follow. Okay, right. So thank you very much, guys. That was the news. 
God. This is too much. The pressure's getting to me now. Nice. Man, two takes, <laughs> and I held the, uh, the phone upside down again, so you probably didn't hear it, but man, it's just too much pressure. I remember when it was just four lads sitting around discussing and, uh, films. And we got headphones. I know, got headphones, <laughs> responsibilities, xylophones, it's all just getting too much. Uh, now, just quickly on to another one of our regular topics where we discuss the trailer or poster of the week, and I think, once again, Alex, you would like to discuss something? Uh, well, yeah, uh, the trailer for Suburbicon and the poster is out. So it's, I don't know loads about it, but um, it's a film directed by George Clooney. It's got Matt Damon in it. It seems, uh, oh, and Julianne Moore. It seems a film that's sort of based in suburbia uh, with a sort of a dark twist to it. But, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited about it. I, 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 I'm, George Clooney, I think he's directed... Did he do Michael Clayton? Did he direct yeah, he's that? He's done a few, didn't he's he? He's done just, a few films, yeah. He's, he's, I think he did direct that one. It's long in the tooth now. With I don't think he's done direction before, so he sort of knows what he's doing. I just really like Matt Damon. I absolutely love Matt Damon. Ever since Good, Good Will Hunting, I've just loved Matt Damon. Um, and Julianne Moore's always a great addition to any cast. So I, 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 I'm a bit worried. Sometimes I worry about dark comedies. I, th- I think sometimes it's hard to get that balance right between dark and comedy. But... I'm excited about Suburbicon. I'm definitely going to see it at the so cinema. Is this essentially a remake of The Burbs? I don't think. It's, it's, it's about... Because <laughs> it should be. <laughs> it's, it's about like a, a home invasion which uh, rattles a quiet town. Yes. So it's about something that happens and it's about how the town reacts, but it's in a sort of dark, comic way. The, the trailer... A bit like The Burbs, then. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit like The Burbs. Uh, but the trailer reminded me a lot of the Coen brothers. It definitely yes, had that sort of feel it to it. yeah. So uh, maybe hanging around with the Coen brothers for so long, George Clooney has taken some inspiration and he's gone in that sort of direction. Taking their mantle. Yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see anyway, as you said. Great cast. Good, top, you know, good, good topic as well. And the direction looks quite sleek, so I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Oscar Isaac's in it as well, isn't he? So is he? A, he's getting around now. Oscar Isaac, yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, he's on the crest of a wave at the moment. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, very good cast. I'm excited. Okay, right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for discussing the trailer of the week. Now we're going to move on to the bulk of the show, the main part, which is films on trial. Now, if you haven't heard this show before, basically what we do is we take a film and we put it on trial. Now, the films that we pick are all picked at random, out of a hat, out of suggestions that we've made and suggestions that people have made to us. But also the roles are picked out at random as well. There are four roles. There's the role of the prosecution, who's going to be trying to condemn the film and put it on the shit list. There's the role of the defense, who's going to be trying to put the film on the hit list. And then there's the role of the character witness, who is going to be adding a bit of weight to either side of the argument to bulk it out a little bit. And then there's going to be the judge, who is supposed to be Dave supposed to be very impartial yeah, and yeah, yeah. make their decision on the arguments that are put forward to them here and now. Depends on your idea of justice, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it may be a case that you have somebody one week who is prosecuting a film that they absolutely love or defending a film that they absolutely hate. So without further ado, I am going to pass it... <laughs> what was your face for that? Nothing. It was my pronunciation, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, so, without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to our judge for today, who is Dave. Okay, so the film we're discussing today, Stephen King's It, adaptation of one of his best books, in my opinion. Love the book. Been a while since I've seen this film, to be honest with you, so uh, I want a nice clean fight, guys. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and uh, who would like to start? So is that Alex. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go right off the bat. Right, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah, Something yeah, swinging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, so my first point in, uh, about it being you know, a film on the hit list of a shit list is that like, it isn't a film. And it's hard, like the actual, it's not, it's, it, it was a miniseries that was sort of just put together. An hour and a half was part one and an hour and a half was part two. And it hasn't actually been edited at all. It's literally just been smashed together. Um, it is, you know, it's... I think it would have been fantastic to watch it as a miniseries. I don't... You know, I'm, I think Gav's going to make some really good points, you know, about Tim Curry being a fantastic turn as Pennywise, for example. Couldn't agree more. He's a fantastic Pennywise. But oh. uh, I'm also going to say that, um, you know... It's not, a, it's not actually a film. So when you watch it, I watched it last night. Um, and it was, it was pretty scary. You know, it's a scary film as well. It's got some really good scares, isn't it? But it is three hours long. I mean, it's three hours. I mean, I don't think there's many horror films that can really last that long. But it, it just was, it's so, so long where the scares are still sort of coming towards the end. But you're so sort of fatigued. It's just not, it's not fun at all. Um, there's... Because it's so long and it's three hours, I mean, the subplot's just all over the place. There's an odd sort of, like, you know, there's, a, there's, there's love interests going sort of here and there throughout it between the children and the, and the adults. There's, um, a very, there's, a, there's odd little soap opera bits that come in between characters. For example, uh, is his wife called Audra in it? Audra. 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 Um, <laughs> who's meant to be British, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, the British name. Oh, Bill, please, <laughs> go, go. The British name of Audra. And uh, there's a really odd, weird scene in it where there's an odd affair angle with Audra and a guy called Greco, who's just in for one scene, and then he's not in it at all. It's just, oh, who's that? You know, and, it, and then it, it's, it, you know, I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but I, I would have enjoyed it more to break it up into the miniseries. It's very good, like, it's like, Tales from a Crypt, which, you know, we, we all, you know, often watch after doing this podcast. It's very fun. You know, love it. But you just cannot sustain the horror by the end of three hours. And the last, uh, just my last point on the fact that it just doesn't work as a film is that they kept, the, the thing that kept happening when I was watching all the way through it is the sort of the, something big had happened. It would fade to black and there'd be a long pause and then something else would happen and you'd sort of carry it on. And for ages I was like, why do they keep doing this? This is really annoying, you know? Something big had happened, pause, and then the sort of a cliffhanger and then nothing would have happened and it'd all be together. So at one point he goes down, he, at, right at the end he runs off and they go, no, Bill or whatever his name is, stop, stop, stop. Big pause, goes black. And then the next thing is, oh, they're all together and they found him. And it's because it's an advert break. I mean, there's advert breaks all the way through this film. So when you're watching it... It's a TV show. Yeah, no, I know. But, it's a fi- <laughs> but we're judging it as a film. So, you know, the fact that they had advert breaks doesn't... It, it, that, that is so bumpy for when you're watching it as a film. It just that... It, you can't treat it in the same way when there's no advert breaks. Why didn't you use those breaks to go make yourself a cup of tea or go to the toilet? Pause the film. Pause the film. Watch some adverts on telly or something. (laughs) (laughs) Just Just to get the real, the real, the real. Sit there and look at different products in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Sell some stuff to myself. Have a cup of tea and then watch the Maybe, maybe I should have. I'll let the judge decide that one. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Very generous of you. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my point. It's not a film. Okay, so Alex is saying that it, it doesn't work as a film. It should be viewed in the, the medium which it was meant to be as a miniseries. He also says it's overlong 
And although it's scary, it's hard to keep up that suspense and that terror for for three hours long. And it's quite soap opera-esque, I think you said at some points. Alex. Uh, sorry, Gav. I was even looking at you as I said it. You want me to keep speaking? I, 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 I made some good points. This is Dave subconsciously saying that he doesn't have any faith in me winning and just, just rather listen to Alex. Alex, to go on. Do you want to defend as well as prosecute? I don't know. I know I've been on a 10-week losing streak, but I think that the cream is about to rise to the top. Quite a way to introduce yourself. Into I, I will be the judge of that. <laughs> so... Honestly, honestly, if that is Alex's only point, the fact that it's not a film. It's not. I, I, I know it's not. It's like the old, it's, it's not a documentary argument. I know it's not a film. It was a made-for-TV film. It was a miniseries, as we said. Now, we've got to remember as well that when this came out in 1990, this was before, you know, your sort of Game of Thrones, before your big sort of blockbuster TV shows like HBO produce. This was this was a really big event for its time. This was a big miniseries. So when you're saying about having cliffhangers and having long pauses, these were like things that people were actually talking about. I mean, when it actually what happened, when the first part of the film or the TV show finished and you had to wait, you know, a week, this was almost like, you know, your cliffhangers that you get in The Walking Dead or you know, um, Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. These are the things that everybody is talking about. Everybody was in work, everybody was on the playground, and they were all discussing what had just happened. And so you mentioned before about the scares as well, and the scares not holding up. But I think that some of the scares in this are fantastic. The thing is, is that it wasn't just about clowns. And if you sort of read the book... You'll you notice that there's a lot of different aspects. It's not just about you know one sort of clown. It's, it's, it's several different things that are brought to life. Within this, I think the director brought that to the screen very well. It, it's about kind of bringing childhood fears, or like sort of like irrational or fictitious fears, together with like real life fears as well. Almost fears that you would experience as an adult. So you have sort of like werewolves and shower scenes which are sort of like metaphors of coming of age and about puberty and then you have these really imaginative irrational fears of clowns or insects in your food which is just really juxtaposed in comparison to those other scares Uh, so it's like you have really 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 very real I I couldn't get (laughs) really 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 really, real stuff this is really really real (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get my next word out you have really real horrors Really, really real horrors. <laughs> like, you know, abusive parents or even dead parents as well. And then as the film progresses and you are introduced to the characters as adults, you have fears of suicide, of loneliness, of separation and loss. In addition to all the fears that they experienced when they were children as well, it's a really good combination. You have very big scares as well and the thing is is as you said before it's not a film it was made for tv so it had to abide to very strict regulations there couldn't be an excessive amount of gore and there couldn't be a lot of things over the age of 18 that you would show or an r rating over in america so they compromised they had these really magnificent scares but they weren't gory so he had to really kind of put the effort in so you had it wasn't like when you go to see a film these days or you are watching a TV show, there's a lot of shock, there's a lot of gore, there's a lot of violence. With this, they were really creepy, really eerie. I'm talking about a few of the scenes like when Belch, one of the characters, one of the bullies, is attacked by it, is sort of 
is picked up by the daylights in this really eerie scene and he is sucked backwards into this vent and he kind of just folds in half and then sucks it, it you know sucked through the through the tube so we <laughs> just look at Joel's face when he said sucked through the tube also you know you have the scene where Henry Henry Bowers sees it for the first time or Pennywise the clown and there's that whole scene where the camera just swoops around and zooming out and his hair turns immediately white. And this is the thing, when I watched this as a kid, I watched this at a very, very young age, probably younger than I should have, but I had an irrational fear, or I thought that this was going to be a big problem growing up, that if I saw something scary, my hair would grow and <laughs> turn white. That's the sort of thing. I mean, you know, you were talking about Tim Curry and the performance. I'm just going to go into a bit more detail about that later on, obviously. But his performance as Pennywise, you know, that is the thing that you will always remember. And that, that is sort of kind of, it didn't start a fear of clowns or a widespread fear of clowns, but it didn't half kind of uh, highlight it, you know, and bring it to a, a more mainstream audience. But the thing is, is I want to talk about a little bit about the, the book as well and the fact that the book in itself is over a thousand pages and it would be a very, very hard task to put that into a film, especially a film of, you know, a usual standard film time of one hour and 30 minutes. So they had to make this into something longer and obviously the producers didn't want to make it into a three-hour film, so it was made into a TV series. And I think it does a good job of cutting out the kind of the irrelevant bits or unnecessary bits within the book and streamlining it. Sorry, I just had another idea. (laughs) (laughs) Streamlining it to reach its best potential. Okay, okay. I've heard some good arguments from Alex, some good arguments from Gavin. Joel, you're the impartial character witness on this one. What did you think? Alex says that it doesn't work in the medium. We're trying to view it in as a film. Gav says that shouldn't matter. Alex says that it's... Uh, they, they actually, they both acknowledge that it is scary in points. It does actually deliver the, the, the scares and the chills that you'd expect. Uh, I think Alex would have liked to have seen a bit more Greco. But, um, yeah. Joel, what did you think? Um, well, let's get in really, really real here today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hit you with some, Listen, fact, guys, with some factual facts as well. So, I think, overall, Alex is right. You know, if we're reviewing it as a film, we've got to look at it as a film. But I think he's trying to pick at bad points. And, you know, what Gab that, said... That's his job, to be fair. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is he's clutching at straws. Maybe that's oh, a yeah, better, okay, way, yeah. better way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he is right that, you know, we've got to look at it as a film in this context. And it is, moreover, kind of looked at as a film these days. But what Gav says is absolutely right. You know, I, I saw this probably not as young... As, as Gav, to be fair, because I would have never slept. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is... The scares are really real, to quote Gav. Um, you know, it preys on exactly what you're afraid of, and they are kind of fears which everybody can relate to, and I think that is what is most scary about it. And, you know, there are very memorable scenes. You know, for example, uh, the start where the uh, little ship runs into the drain. You know, I think pretty much everybody recognises that. You know, with with Pennywise and with and with it, and obviously what happens next when he, he rips his arm off was just like absolutely, spoiler, absolutely, <laughs> you know, terrifying for me and, and harrowing. So if I mean it, it's made to deliver on scares and it does deliver, so I think what Gav says is absolutely correct. Okay, okay. So uh, Joel Sadam and McGav on that one. 
Right, let's move on to the second point. Or, uh, actually, Gav? I'd like to make a quick pause, something that Alex and I were discussing earlier, and I would like to introduce a new thing to the show where we are going to try out our impressions. So, rapid fire, oh, wow. Alex, can you do an impression of Pennywise the Clown? Wow, you did not prepare me for this. <laughs> we, we weren't talking about this. What? Hang on. Um, hey, Georgie. Ooh, good. That's not that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's pretty good actually. Yeah. Much okay. better than my Gary Oldman impression. <laughs> <laughs> Your Max von Sydow. So slightly. So slightly. <laughs> okay, Joel Pennywise the clown. Hey, Georgie. Oh, yeah, that, he sounded like he's been on the Bensons all day, <laughs> <laughs> smoking quite heavily. Uh, Dave, Dave. They are flam. Oh, wow, right, yeah. Ang- angry, gravelly. Okay, yeah. one of this. Uh, they are flam. <laughs> they are. Fuck. It almost sounds a bit contest. like um, Al Pacino, to be fair. <laughs> it is a she's contest. got a green ass. <laughs> right, so yeah, so that, thanks. Uh, that, I, I feel like I should have probably led with some music for that one, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, sorry to interject, Dave. Well, to spring that on us, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as I was saying, are we going to move on to the next points now? Yes. Yeah, who would like to start with the secondary points? I would like to start this time. Thank you very much, Dave. And... Week after week upon losing, loss after loss, <laughs> I've decided to reevaluate my strategy. And okay. instead of sitting in my room writing down valid arguments about the film that I'm going to be reviewing, <laughs> oh, I've decided to instead <laughs> massage the ego of the judge. Going for the sympathy vote. Okay, and the so. Sympathy vote. <laughs> just, just doing that really sad image of Gab. Gav just put in, writing really sincere little arguments. They were sincere arguments, yeah. and they were all laughed at by all of you. <laughs> like, the fact that Suspiria is in the shit list. I, I wasn't to blame for that. I was with you on Suspiria. <laughs> right, okay, so, so what I want to talk about, my, my point here, is the cast. Okay, we knew that I was going to talk about the cast, and we knew that I was going to talk about one member of the cast, but I'm going to leave him to last. I just want to say, so as I said my point earlier about it being a big television event the director did a tremendous job of hiring the best of tv or television actors that were familiar to audiences so you had richard thomas in there who played an old bill he plays a sort of stephen king type figure in the film he also played john boy in the waltons you also have tim reed who was old mike he was in wkrp in cincinnati and simon and simon you had Annette O'Toole, who was in a, a tremendous amount of films, 48 Hours, Superman 3. Harry Anderson, who was in uh, Night Court. The immensely talented John Ritter, who was in Three's Company. I mean, all of these were very, very familiar actors to TV audiences. And what a really interesting fact about this is a lot of them were mainly comedic actors or had been in comedic television shows. For example, you know, Tim Reed, um, John Ritter and Harry Anderson as well. They were all famous for being comedy stars. So this was a kind of a big step for them to step into the horror genre. And I think it created more of a tension. It created more of an atmosphere because the audiences were expecting, were used to them in a sort of comedic light. So to put them in this horror environment, I think it creates more of an atmosphere, to be honest. Uh, they went with familiar faces to, mean, to make the horror seem more personal to me anyway. 
and you know I think there were some fantastic performances throughout and from the child actors as well I mean you had Seth Green you had a number of other uh, child actors in there who you know, gave a really 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 compelling audiences <laughs> really 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 <laughs> compelling performances <laughs> <laughs> this should definitely be a drinking game how many times I say real or really <laughs> so I, I just want to obviously talk about the main star of the show Tim Curry as Pennywise I mean this guy yeah, I can see Dave nodding along because <laughs> he knows right now that Tim Curry is a tremendous star. He knows <laughs> that anything... You can talk with your head so far up his ass at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that anything Tim Curry in has got an automatic stamp of approval. Pushing <laughs> <laughs> it a little. Yeah, 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 close. He, he is the most effective part of this film. He delivers a iconic and nightmarish performance. The fact is that if you read the book, Pennywise, the clown, or the, the, the it, a demon, or whatever it is, it doesn't manifest itself as a clown throughout the entire film. But with this, they decided to go... The, the main image that the children and the adults see, the main kind of image that um, it decides to manifest itself through is that of a clown. And the thing is, is that we were talking about special effects before. They went with very, very simplistic clown outfit it was just sort of white white face makeup red hair and a bog standard clown costume it, you know it wasn't anything scary in itself if you would have seen tim curry on the streets looking like that you wouldn't have thought oh god look at this demon coming straight for me but the thing is is that it left it all to tim curry and his performance and he was horrifying as i said before it didn't give birth to the irrational fear of clowns but it definitely added to it greatly this guy was terrifying. As I said before, when we were talking about that sort of water cooler moment, he was, th- he was the, the, the bit that everybody was talking about. He delivered an iconic performance, and he is up there as one of the greatest villains or greatest horror icons of all time because of this performance. If they would have got anybody else in, I don't think it would have been nearly as successful. And, you know, Alex's points may have been valid. They may have been valid if they would have got somebody else in, but they didn't, did they, Alex? They got in Tim Curry, who gave a magnificent performance. That's it. Even if he was being uh, doing his comedic set pieces, like when he was in the library and he was telling jokes, or when he was doing a play on words, or, you know, he was doing the kind of the big scares they were all kind of it was it was a very varied performance it was like sort of layered you had the bits at the beginning where he was in, in the drain pipe or he was kind of hiding behind the laundry you know that is that's very very creepy you see that and you are instantly chilled i remember as i said watching this when i was a kid far far too young and i went to bed straight after watching it and that was a big mistake because i had instant nightmares i mean this guy's performance was Bedwettingly terrible. Not for me, I might add. <laughs> but for others, or for other people who were there watching you it. You really with want me. to win. Don't you? <laughs> so that's all I want to say. Okay, okay. So that was a, a good point on the cast, the supporting cast, and uh, them straying out of their comfort zones. And Tim Curry, the man of the moment. Mm. Uh, what a brilliant performance Gav says he gave there. So, Alex, tell me good things about Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I, 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 to be honest, Tim Curry is incredible in this film. I'm not, you know. Is that, is that a concession you're making there? Oh, no, completely. I, d- I think that's just a fact. I don't think there's any point in trying to... Uh, uh, I think you should, you should just not, you know, not give your arguments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I can see why you might want me to do that, Gav. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say why this still should be on the shit list. 
Uh, Tim Curry is terrifying in this film. You know, he, he, he really is. Um, I wouldn't go with along with uh, what Kev was saying about the rest of the cast. I, I, I think they're a little bit let down. I think they're good. But as I was saying, this is three hours. It's very hard to muddle through that many different characters and subplots and different things going on. And, you know, uh, the kids, I would say, are really, really good in this film. And I actually think they outshine a lot of the adult actors in it. For example, Seth Green is so much better than his adult counterpart, Richie, who is incredibly annoying in this film, I found. Like, incredibly annoying with his jokes. It's almost um, like hanging around with Alex. <laughs> That's personal. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, I think, especially if you think about that scene in the middle, in the, at the end of the first part, when they confront it, the kid, children confront it, it is incredibly more powerful than when the adults go and confront it. It's a really, really... The, this film really dies by its ending, I have to say. Like, the ending when the adult actors go uh, and confront it is an incredibly uncathartic an incredibly, I don't know, it's just, wow. And the main thing as well is kind of, kind of what Gav was saying. Where's Tim Curry at the end of this film? And I know, you know, you, you, know, you could say, well, you know, they're, they're sticking to the source material, but I think they have license to adapt it. They're adapting it. It is 1,100 pages long. They cannot do it. Even in three hours, they didn't manage it correctly. They can adapt it. Pennywise is so well set up. He's so terrifying that it's really unsatisfying that he does not really have a comeuppance at the end. You go in and you see this odd, weird, spidery thing that, yes, is in the book, but you don't at all really connect that with Pennywise at all. So at the end, when they sort of go and defeat Pennywise, uh, defeat it, it's like, where's Tim Curry? Where's it? Where is he? You know, he's, he, he sort of comes shimmering in the air which you know it, it, and that's the last time you see it. it's it's very 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 disappointing um just while we're on the ending um there's also very very bad special effects you know some of the special effects were good throughout it like i say i'm not disputing that there were good scares throughout all of this but the special effects at the end were really poor like really like outstandingly poor special effects um it's not just the special effects it's kind of like it's like the film kind of really goes off rails at the end. When they come along, they're coming towards the, um, the lair of it, right? And where does it live? This big thing that we've been building up to the whole time behind a tiny door. And it's like, well, <laughs> pardon? <laughs> it lives behind a tiny little door in the sewer. And you're like, okay, like, okay, it's better be good. We're going to see the true face of it, which has been, you know, really established it's going to be a big thing coming up but okay so it's behind a tiny door before we go through the tiny door eddie the character tells everyone that he's a virgin and literally a character goes why are you telling us this (laughs) 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 to which eddie sort of has no reply and then the characters go through the tiny little door and then they start throwing rocks at a giant spider then the spider ends and then there's like there's a really it really honestly so pisses me off when films do this when they have this quick narration at the end that just sort of ties off all of these subplots that have been brought up through three hours you have been establishing these subplots and these characters and these little bits and the quick narration says oh these two characters just got together and they had a baby so that's great and then it goes on to something else and it's like oh yeah this character stayed there and now he's happy and then the, the weird the weird bike ride down the street between Audra and uh, well, Mike it's just S- say a name again please Audra <laughs> I mean that's how it's said uh, Oh, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're on the bike. So 
the ending is really poor and it's it's kind of because pennywise is so is set up so well and tim curry does it so well that it's so unsatisfying that you do not see that final showdown between pennywise the clown who as gav said is one of the most iconic horror films he doesn't have a showdown in his own film that's Aww. just poor i know poor <laughs> Poor Tim Curry. He deserved better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Alex and Gavin are in agreement that Tim Curry is fantastic in this. He's terrifying. He gives one of the best performances of his career. Alex also brings in the question um, that this film surely shouldn't have been attempted in the first place, that the source material is... It, it shouldn't have been attempted as a film, basically. Maybe it should have been a, a full-on TV series, not a miniseries. Joel, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm going to give Alex some prop points here. When I watched it, I actually fully agreed with some of the stuff Alex said. I think the first half, the child actors, you know, are great. And when Pennywise is around a lot more, uh, and Tim Curry, obviously, in the first half. And for that, it is a lot scarier. It's a lot more tense. And then when it does cut to the adults, I just kind of felt a little bit more disconnected from the story. Um, and because of that, it just wasn't as scary. And, you know, the ending... I think Alex is absolutely right when he says, uh, you know, it's, it's left a little bit unsettled. You know, Pennywise the Clown just isn't there. And for me, I was a little bit confused watching it. You know, he is such a main iconic character that I do think they should have made it more around that rather than, you know, the whole spider, tiny door type of scenario. But, you know, all the points that Gav made are entirely correct. You know, it still stands up. It stands to the test of time. You know, Tim Curry what really can I say other than you know he was absolute garbage but (laughs) (laughs) oh wow Wow. Dave looks genuinely like quite angry (laughs) just as I was relaxing just as I was taking his eyebrows caught me off guard Dave's just snapped a pencil (laughs) (laughs) that that was a joke just to to test everyone was listening Um, but yeah as I say I'm just giving Alex prop, prop points for peeking out you know, what was probably a disappointing, not just ending, but second half of the film. Okay, okay. So, would, Gavin, I, I, you have I, something I, else to say? Yeah, yeah, I would. Sorry, I've, I've tried to be very, very calm in this show. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Mean this, you mean this episode, right? Because you, you've not... You've not <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I, I've listened yeah. back to previous times where I've defended or prosecuted, and I seem to be very... Uh, loud and angry throughout and aggressive so, yeah and aggr- aggressive and, uh, <laughs> I'll show you aggressive, and in life not just on the podcast <laughs> right, right listen all shut your mouths for a minute wow. <laughs> did you hear that judge I, I did <laughs> no I, I would just like to add that I, I think I understand what you were saying about the second half and Tim Curry needed to sort of have that final scene the final battle but would it have just been the same as the first half I mean the first half of the film you said it was a really effective ending you had the kids all standing up to it because it to them Pennywise the Clown was the like pinnacle of their horrors it was kind of how the the evil decided to manifest as a clown because that was scary to the children now it gets to the stage where the adults have seen it they've dealt with it they've killed Pennywise the Clown it as as the clown it needed to kind of go up a stage so it needed to be something else it needed to be the kind of the greater evil something more terrifying did you find the spider more terrifying than tim curry's performance in it right i like can i go back to the original argument that we had yes a no. while just back a yes or no to of that one. if something is 
scary now in comparison to it was in 1990 i mean so watching it back in 1990 it might have mm. been an entirely different thing obviously for us to look back at it now subjectively it, no a, a giant fake spider isn't as terrifying as tim curry's performance but back in 1990 it may have been did you watch it back in 1990 <laughs> when you were three years old <laughs> i'm no. sure you would have been terrified because <laughs> gavin did by the sound <laughs> yeah. no I, I i just thought it was uh, you know it was they needed to go somewhere else Obviously, I'm not going to say that that was the best thing that's ever happened, but it was the it was the ending of the book. We all know the kind of Stephen King films, or you can adapt the ending. You can adapt. You should adapt a book. You don't have to follow. I know, book, I, you but, know. You, but you should adapt it I, to, I th- for a film. I think they wanted to stay a bit loyal to Stephen King, and Stephen King does have a bit of a say with how his films get adapted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't always end well for the films. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think you know if they would have had the special effects, if they would have had the technology, if they would have had. They, the money than it would they have ran been. out of money a bit yeah yeah but that's not to say that it wasn't a good ending it just was poorly executed i think that's that it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it's not hold on no anyway a good it's a good ending that is poorly executed oh i'm good right okay right so right i'm just picking up the top of my head now. top, top <laughs> of my head uh 2001 space odyssey yeah. uh space odyssey space odyssey you had a fantastic film with a poorly executed ending, but it was it was a, it was a great film. Like, uh, uh, the Dark Knight I, I, Rises. I, I disagree and say it was a great, oh, well executed. The Dark Knight Rises. Once again, no, oh, to this we film, are, we are getting way off track now. Okay, moving. This on. is what happens. We just bait each other. Yeah, yeah. This is we, we've we've listened to many Gav versus Alex, Alex versus Gav scenarios. Let's move on swiftly. Right. What is the next bit we want to discuss? Are we moving on to closing points now? Yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. Who would like to start with a closing argument? Yeah. Okay, um, my, my my argument is, and we've been we've been talking a lot about it over the over the last since we've been doing this podcast. Really, we've you know it's come up a lot in our news and trivia. It's come up in our trailer of the week, poster of the week, and really my point is, if the original it was so good, then why are we so excited about this remake that's coming up soon? You know, it, if if we thought it was done perfectly, for example, it'd be a different conversation if we were trying to remake The Shining. We'd be talking about it going, why are they remaking The Shining? It was done. It was perfect. It was great. It was all fantastic. The reason we're so excited about the It remake is because we all sort of know in our heart of hearts that it wasn't quite done properly because it wasn't done as a film at all because it was done as a TV miniseries. So we want to see it done because the budget restraints were like really bad on the sound, the acting, which we didn't really get a chance to go into, the shots, you know, all of these things, but just the production values of it were very low, not just in the ending. It's incredibly long for a horror, horror film as well. So this is why this, I'd say one of my main points for it being on a shit list is it's incredibly formulaic. The first half is quite boring, even though even though you are frightened, and it's it's an odd feeling because you are frightened. But it's you got an adult who sets the scene right. This is this is the old version of your kid. Then he goes back to the child flashback friendship. Then you have a scare from Pennywise. Then you go back to the adult who's travelling. And this happens like seven times with each of the different characters. And by the end, you just cannot take it in, in a film. I mean, the, the, the DVD that you lent me, Gav, you had to like flip it like halfway through to like, watch the second half. No, I mean, I'm not saying... Don't have a go with the technology. I'm not having a go with the technology. <laughs> Thanks, blending at me. But this is like, the last time I fl- lent you a film, <laughs> especially I, when you're going against me. But I flipped it over... And it was like, another hour and a half. Are you serious? Like, how is this possible? And the second half just becomes more formulaic. It's just odd bits of subplot with just 
flashback to the adult, flashback adult, flashback adult. So it's it's quite boring to watch in its own. It's just very formulaic. So you know, just just remember that when you're thinking about whether to put it on the shit list or the hit list. Why are we so excited about the remake of it? If it was so good in the first place, if it was a hit, then why do we want it to be a hit now? You know, it should have been done, surely. Okay, okay, interesting points, Gavin. Well, thanks, Alex, for setting me up so easily there. <laughs> I'd like to say that your main point of your closing argument was completely terrible. <laughs> I, I'll be the judge. You do need to worry about your own argument. You do need to back up these wild introductory <laughs> statements okay, with an argument. Okay, okay. So you're essentially saying that we shouldn't feel excited for a remake or a reboot of something if the first one was so great. So, a case in uh, argument uh, is what about you know the kind of additions to the Star Wars films? What about if we're talking like like uh, for like uh, additions, not remakes? Okay, if we're talking about remakes. Then what about uh, Scarface? The Thing, Dawn of the Dead. These are all like sort of the fly. These are all remakes of films that were already good that were made. Yeah, no. My point is that the original it wasn't good, and that's why they why why we're excited about the remake. No, we're excited about the remake because we're excited about seeing the film in two thousand and seventeen to see what they can do to see it uh, kind of brought to the screen with the money and yeah. the kind of CGI and the special effects that they didn't have in 1990. Because it wasn't that good. Not it? because it wasn't that good, because, because they it, have the... Te- it, was, it wasn't oh, so good because you're it telling me, the you're telling me you're looking forward to Bill Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise the Clown more than you are to looking forward to re-watching Tim Curry's performance as Pennywise I the Clown. I wish they brought Tim Curry back to do to do it to reprise this role I wish Stop they, I wish I, <laughs> you started this man I wish we could go back in time and take Tim Curry and do it properly where you know take loads of those good ideas they had in the miniseries chunk them down adapt it properly put it into one good film with Tim Curry and, and then we'd and then we'd all be done it was perfect it was the perfect horror film let's never remake it Right, but we can't actually do that. So you're having a go no. at the technology that was available in 1990, saying the special effects was poor. That you're, you're having a go at the technology that was available in 2000 when they made I'm, the DVD. I'm, I'm, sa- I'm saying that. I'm saying that. <laughs> I mean, what are you having a go at, man? This their is, budget. <laughs> their budget. Their, their budget. Okay, right. So I say we're looking forward to watching the remake of it, or the you know the reimagining of it, because we are looking forward to it. It's it's it, it was so well made the first time around and this kind of iconic character was brought to life that we want to see how they develop it how they progress it even further did you not find it long and bloated I I may have said that it the TV miniseries was long and bloated in a previous episode and I knew Alex would bring this back to me but I'd just like to remind him that he did say Tomorrow Never Dies was the perfect (laughs) Bond film so those arguments are completely null and void got got me on that one (laughs) so I I would just like to say as as a TV miniseries you know made for TV film you are expected for it to be longer than you would to watch you know an hour and a half film and because of that because you're watching it in one sitting it does feel long and bloated and boring or whatever drawn out but the fact is is that you're not watching it how it should be watched it should be watched in two parts so when you flipped over the the dvd and moaned about it you know maybe you should have had a break maybe you should have given it a week (laughs) the the fact is is that's not a film that's like a two-parter that's not a film it's it's a two-part film (laughs) 
That's two different films. It's, it's like, watch, it's, film it's like watch, two different It's like watching films. Kill Bill One and Kill Bill Two yeah, in the two same different cities. films, but we're not. We, but then you're yeah, judging them separately. It, it, what about, what about just, Lawrence of Arabia? They had an interval for that one. You know, they had a bit of. Yeah, a break we used to do that all the time, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but, but the Lawrence of Arabia was. I don't, has anyone ever compared Lawrence of Arabia? To <laughs> it? <laughs> I was going to say, Dave. I, I was quite surprised you brought that up. Can you hear David Lean just spitting in his grave right now? Right. Yeah, I'd like to say, you know, the I thought that the scares still hold up bearing in mind that you know they didn't have a, a great kind of amount of money as they would do now and because they had very big restrictions on what they could and couldn't show i think that the fact that those scares the ones that we were talking about before the floating boat down the river the hiding behind the laundry the, the shower scene they still hold up to this day and that's testament to the how scary that the film was if they are still scary now because that's one of the things that we've spoken about in previous horror films that we've put on trial the fact that it's just not scary anymore you know so many years later it's not scary but the fact is that you know they might not be jump out of your sins, skin scary but they still are scary they're unnerving they're creepy and that it's done a really good job to catch that and the way that that has been captured is through terrific performances. As we said before, the entire cast do a great job. You say that it might be a bit drawn out, but I think it's really good at building those characters up. The flashback scenes are great in showing that this is how far the character has come, or in some cases, this is how, how far they've fallen. I think that was a really good, interesting way of kind of showing that through flashbacks. And obviously, the icing on the cake, Tim Curry's performance, the fact that he propelled himself up there to the very top of the list of iconic horror icons of all time through what has to be one of the best performances that he's ever done. Okay, okay, that's some good compelling arguments. Joel, do you have anything to add, anything to bring to the table for either of them? Um, yeah, some good points by both, to be honest. I think Alex has done a reasonably good job of picking it apart. And it is absolute bullshit that you can't fit it on one DVD, to be fair. But <laughs> this was like 2000. This is, come on, I mean, come on. Eh? They've, they've gone a long way. If you were to buy it, if it was going to be re-released now, it would be on one DVD. If I, I, I had to get off my arse after an hour and a half <laughs> and change the DVD, I would not be happy. I can safely say the formatting of the DVD is not going to be an issue here, guys. <laughs> to be honest, Joel, you're probably just annoyed because there was no, uh, no explosions in it. Oh. I could. Uh, Are you going to take that? Get him I was just about to say, I, I could slag it all off here for you. Um, but what Gab says is right. You know, Alex's argument about um, why we're so excited is because it wasn't done correctly the first time is kind of bullshit as well, to be fair. You know, if, if, you, if you enjoy a film after the first time around, if they remake it, you're going to be excited about it, even if you think they may fuck it up. You're probably still going to want to watch it. And I think that. Pretty much everybody can safely say that. But that wasn't my... <laughs> just <laughs> wasn't my point. Well, well, good point well made, Alex. <laughs> um, so, I, I think I can sum it up. The first half, you know, with Pennywise, with Tim, with Tim Curry, sorry, it's scary, it's iconic, and it's really memorable. The second half, when the adults... And I get what Gav is saying, you know, there's other fears when you're an adult. It is meant to take, um, you know, the form of what you're most scared of type of thing, but... The second half is entirely forgettable. You know, I only watched it a few weeks ago and I can barely remember any of it. And I would say I've got an extremely average memory. Okay, right. I think I've heard everybody's arguments. Um, shall we 
interlude for a moment with something else while I consider my verdict, Gav? Oh, okay. So we would like to pause for a sec while David collects all of his thoughts and his notes. Firstly, we can jump to Alex's trivia of the week. Okay. Uh, my trivia this week is that um, they weren't sure if Tim Curry was going to accept. Apparently he wasn't so happy with having so, so much makeup. I think he'd just taken a, a role recent, where, you know, just before the film where he was in loads of makeup. Legend. I think it was Legend. Legend. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And he didn't really want to do it because, you know, he, he wanted to show off. So they actually, like, reduced the amount of makeup they were going to put on Pennywise. Great idea. And let him, you know, showcase Tim Curry a little bit more. But if they did, weren't going to have Tim Curry, they were going to go for Alice Cooper. Was going wow. to be the second. I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave, you've got Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make my peace with that. I, I did hear a bit of trivia years and years ago. I do not know how true this is, uh, but it would be brilliant if it was true apparently tim curry had a real life fear of clowns and he couldn't actually look at himself in the mirror when he had the, all the makeup on oh, i hope that's true i hope that's true but oh actually no actually i'm lying to you i think he has a or did, does he have a fear of mirrors and he couldn't look at himself <laughs> with the makeup on either way he's got a big fear of something <laughs> something anyway right so just moving on i thought we just while dave is collecting his thoughts and his notes and we're deciding which thing tim Coy had clowns a fear of mirrors. clowns or mirrors maybe it's clowns with mirrors or maybe it's clowns in mirrors <laughs> that, that would be terrifying <laughs> So uh, I thought we would sing Killjoy. <laughs> <laughs> we would interject with a bit of quiz, Dave. Hey. So uh, once again, once again, um, I think my cheers are getting more enthusiastic each week. Yeah, I think you're actually starting to enjoy this now. Enjoy this now, yeah. right? So uh, once again, a little bit of music. Okay, let's get quizzical, quizzical. I wanna get quizzical. Let me hear your body talk. Olivia Newton-John never sound better, man. <laughs> Let me hear your body talk, Dave. I want to hear it. Uh, so I'm basically just going to talk about uh, a certain amount of clowns. And I want, Dave, it's a very simple quiz this, this week. Basically, killer or not, to kill or not to kill, are these clowns in films killer clowns or just regular funny clowns? Okay? <laughs> clown number one, Dave, Stitches. Is that a killer clown or not a killer clown? I think that's a killer clown. Killer clown. Everyone else? Don't Not know. a killer clown, I'm going to say. I'm going to say killer clown just to go with Dave. Is it the Ross Noble one? I think. It is. Well done, Dave. It is a killer clown, and it's played by Ross Noble, the British comedian. It's uh, quite funny, actually. You should give it a watch. Okay, number two. Pooter. Pooter? Pooter. P O O T E R Pooter. Joel laughed because poo was in the name. I'm going to say not a killer clown. Not a killer clown? I'm going to say Killer Clown. Not a Killer Clown. Okay, it is not a Killer Clown. No, it is the clown from Uncle Buck. Get in your mouth and get out of here. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so next one. Shakes. Shakes. Not a Killer Clown. Not a Killer Clown? Not a Killer Clown. Mm, Killer Clown. Oh, Dave's right again. It's not a killer clown. Um, he was a depressed alcoholic clown, <laughs> uh, but to my knowledge, he didn't kill anybody. Not on purpose, though. Maybe through manslaughter, through driving drunk. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's in Shakes the Clown, written and directed and starring Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> oh, I, know that. I just thought of something. Is he called Shakes because of like alcohol withdrawal or alcohol dependency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh god! Oh, <laughs> oh god! Well, we were going to talk about that Jerry Lewis film where he yeah. played the clown. We, we we left that out. We left that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look that up, though, guys. It's, 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 it's hideously morbid. Family, yeah. 
Uh, okay, so next one, Captain Spaulding. Captain Spaulding. Yes, that's... Uh, is that that's House of Corpses or something? Like oh. That? It's a Rob Zombie one, Captain Spaulding. That's definitely a killer clown. Well done, Dave. Killer clown, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, okay, the next one, Stilts. Stilts. I'm going to say not a killer clown. I'm kind of hoping that's the clown from that Adam Sandler film that he knocks off his stilts at one point. It probably isn't. But. <laughs> not a killer clown. Mm, killer clown. Dave is so on the money. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it Billy Madison? Yeah, Billy Madison. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, the, the song. I love the song as well. Hey, kids, it's me. I bet you thought that I was dead. But when I fell, I only broke my leg and got a hemorrhage in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that scene. <laughs> okay, and the last one on the list, The Violator. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like such a wholesome family entertainment name. I'm going to say... It's yeah. Joel's porn pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he doesn't kill, he just violates. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I, it, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the bait on this one. I'm going to say it's a killer clown. Okay. I'm going to go with Joel's logic and say yeah. it's not a killer. Just a violator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay, so technically, technically, you're all right. Uh, I'd, I'd probably side more with Alex and Joel. Uh, it's the demon clown, for, what's the demon from the film Spawn, which is played by John Leguizamo, and he decides to basically spend the majority of the film, his time on Earth, dressed as a clown, basically being a bit of a knob and just causing chaos. But not actually killing. But not actually killing everyone. But he is a demon, so he's probably killed a few people down the line, but not actually on the film. So, screw you, Dave. I got most of them. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so are we all ready for the verdict? The reckoning? Oh, my God. If I don't win this, I'm going to go. The reckoning. I am going to cry. Well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, my notes were pretty intense. I mean, I've got Curry's performance is immense. Brilliant Tim Curry. I, lo- I love Tim Curry. <laughs> There's a little picture of Tim Curry I saw you drawing. I was like... tempted at one point, to be honest with you. I, just, I, I, I got immersed in remembering how good Tim Curry is. But, but I'm going to maybe regret saying this. Tim Curry does not necessarily a film make. And I thought that Gav, although he came up with some brilliant arguments... He has, to be honest with you, nailed you to the floor, Alex. Uh, oh, oh, he got me. He oh, got me. my goodness. So this, is, this, is, uh, this is a win for the defence, I have to say. Oh, this is my word. It's finally come. It's finally arrived. <laughs> and it, of all things, to be honest with you, it, it's been a while since I saw It, the movie. Um, but I remember the book very well. I read that not so long ago. Um, and I, I just have to say, I think Gav's argument swung it in the end. I didn't care for the argument that, you know, it's not a film, that we have to, it's a mini-series and that's the way, but that's the way it should have been watched. Like Gav said, you could have taken advert breaks. Jesus. You really could. You really Jesus, could. seriously. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think it's a bit nitpicky. It's just... It, it, what, I should have watched adverts you during the advert breaks of the film. for men. <laughs> what the fuck? If you had such a problem with it, you should have watched it in the medium in which it was meant to be delivered. You can't yeah, judge it. As a TV show and not a film. Yeah, you can't judge it. You, not, if, it's not mini-series. I, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up, okay? Oh. You can't judge something when you take it out of the medium which is meant to be delivered and judge it because you decide to watch it differently. Even if that's the way they want you to do it now because it's not aired on TV anymore, it's a bit unfair to criticise them for that. Um, your points about the, the many different plot points, it was a book. It was a very long book. At that, There are a lot of very complex different plot points. Maybe that makes it a good adaptation. Um, you say the film dies by, it end, by its ending. It kind of... The book kind of dies by its ending as well. It's kind of a, a disappointing ending to the book, to be perfectly honest. So maybe, maybe it is a very good adaptation based on that. 
And you say, why are we excited about the remake? Maybe because it's just a great story. Maybe we're just excited to see it all retold again because we enjoyed the original so much. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion, and so am I. It goes on the hit list. Oh, just want to say one thing, guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> How long have you had that queued for, Gav? <laughs> I just want to thank uh, everybody that's believed in me oh on this God. show. <laughs> Can you name them? Uh, <laughs> so many people. All the people on Twitter who have been uh, writing and saying, I can't believe that Suspiria's on the shit list. I said, guys, don't worry. Give me a week. Give me a few weeks. Just give me time. I will eventually get a verdict going in my way. Because I'm simply the best. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you very much, Alex, for putting up with such a weak argument. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I get music when I win? (laughs) You find your own music, Dave. Right, that's it then. So I just want to ask everybody, what are your general actual opinions on it now that we are removed from the court's room scenario, Dave? (laughs) It was a long time that I I saw it, to be honest with you. I remember enjoying it at the time, but I thought about, I I didn't want to rewatch it because I know I need to base this on the arguments and not my own opinion, yada, yada, yada. So I took that out of the equation, but I remembered the book. I reread the book not so long ago, and I just based it on that, to be honest with you. But I remember enjoying the film. I really do. Okay, Alex? Um, yeah, no, to be honest, I watched this last night. I watched it about 11 o'clock at night and I decided to give myself the full it. You know, I turned the lights off, put Do the film on. that's where the argument No, 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 I put it, no, I put it on quite late. But no, it's just, you know, I wanted to give it the full, full attention. And I have to say, within about 10 minutes, I turned the lights on completely <laughs> and was pretty really? terrible. Yeah, no, genuinely was quite scared. Like, uh, and, you know, it kept happening. But no, I would, I would stick. I know Dave wasn't a fan of the argument, but, you know... It's films on trial, and this is miniseries, and so you know it doesn't. It just doesn't hold up as a film. Then we shouldn't have done it in the first place. But now that we're here, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> Joel, what did you think of it? Well, again, pretty much what I said in in my um, sum up. You know, the first half is great, and it is literally terrifying. But the second half is just forgettable, and you know, completely not scary. So I, I actually, when I first watched it, as I said, as a kid, I was absolutely terrified. I loved it. I watched it like about three times in the space of a week. I thought it was brilliant. Then I didn't watch it again for many, many years. And I got like a load of people around to our uni flat. And I was like, you've got to watch this film. It's brilliant. And then we put it on and I forgot how long it was. And it was just like everyone was towards the end of it. It was like, this is so boring. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not nowhere near as good as I remember it. You know, I think it was the environment that I was in when I was watching it that second time. Anyway, I watched it again in preparation for this. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. As I said to Alex, when we were talking about our roles, I was like, if you go in thinking that it's going to be terrible, you're going to be really surprised. Because I, I, I was, you know, taken aback. I was like, actually, you know what? The scares really hold up. The performances are really good. Tim Curry is absolutely magnificent in it. And, you know, it's not that bad. You know, it's, it's quite long. But as I said, if you were to watch it as it, it, it's intended, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. So uh, what, do, what do people think it is on IMDb? It, do you reckon it, right, first off do you reckon it's higher or lower than Conair not Conair not Conair sorry Air Force One. Oh, I didn't keep on getting them confused <laughs> Air Force One was 6.5 6.5 out of 10 mm. I'm going to give it a 6.2 I'm going to go exactly one up 7.5 uh, I'm going to say it's higher as well I'm going to say 7.2 7.2 well it is higher than Air Force One 6.9 out of 10 mm. yeah so uh, I just want to kind of finish off by 
talking about once again our caption contest now usually what i would do is a few days before we actually go to record the show i'll put the image up and i'd say go everyone on twitter put a funny caption to a picture and we get loads of responses back now i put this up about like 10 hours ago so we haven't had a lot so i've been trying to encourage people but we've had we've had we've had a few more so than i thought anyway i did have a couple from work before i left one of them being i hope oh sorry i should tell you the picture first so it's a picture of tim curry pennywise the clown uh, coming out of a drain in the showers leaning <laughs> leaning on the floor with his palm on his face as if to say hiya <laughs> Right, uh, so the first one I got from work was, I hope that this mascara is waterproof. <laughs> uh, the second one I had, which I thought was really, really funny, was I would give somebody else's right arm to find a plumber. <laughs> 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 um, uh, we've also had, um, I've scared more children for life than you've had hot dinners, mate. <laughs> and probably my favourite one here is, ladies, this is what happens when you don't clean your drain. <laughs> So I think that brings us to an end for this week. Just to say that while the show has been going on, we have pulled the film uh, uh, that we're going to review next week out of the hat. And it is Gattaca. So this is a film that's actually been suggested to us. I think this is the first one that's actually been suggested. Uh, to have come out of the hat. To, yeah, to have come so, out of yeah. the hat, yeah. So we're really, really looking forward to doing this. We've also pulled out the roles. So in the judge's role, it's going to be Joel. In defence, it's going to be Alex. As a character witness, it's going to be Dave, and as prosecution, it's going to be me. Oh, so it's going to be me versus you again. Round two. I yeah. can't guarantee All that rounds. I'll be as civilised next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say thank you very, very much to everybody that has listened to the show, who has downloaded, subscribed, liked through any sort of social media that we've got. Uh, we really, really appreciate all of the support that we've received. Uh, just a note if you want to give us a follow you can listen to us on iTunes uh, just type in Films on Trial give us a like and a subscribe a five star rating would be really nice maybe say something nice about me that I don't shout a lot and that you agree that Suspiria should have been on the hit list lie to him people <laughs> lie to him <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Trials please suggest a film and get involved with our caption contest as well follow us on Instagram Films on Trial follow us on YouTube Films on Trial. Follow us on Facebook. Films on Trial. Basically anything. Just type Films on Trial and you'll find us. I hope they don't invent any more social media. <laughs> we have to We're going to get on LinkedIn soon. <laughs> I just want to as well thank our graphic artist who provides all the hilarious artwork, uh, especially the most recent ones, which I think are yeah. probably some of the best. Uh, it's uh, Winston Sang. You can follow him on Twitter. Please do so. He is at the underscore quirks and also just want to give big props to our sound engineer slash producer slash music jim will fix it in a, in a good way i suppose uh it's austin ray and once again you can follow him on twitter at aussie ray so just want to say thank you very much everybody and we will be in your ears Please, <laughs> next week when we review gattaca thank you very much and goodbye